We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Wednesday Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, as always, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. I'm Jeff Erickson. Today, my co-host is Scott Fish, the proprietor of the Scott Fish Bowl. If you follow the fantasy football industry at all, you are aware of Scott Fish Bowl. This is the ninth year of Scott Fish Bowl, and uh, Scott doesn't do just that. He also works, uh, does a lot of stuff with fanball in general. Scott, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I don't know the last time I've been pulled onto a show or brought onto a show and, and been called the co-host and not the guest. That's uh, it's, uh, it feels like an upgrade. I like it. Yeah, that's yeah. It's it's. I'd like to keep it on equal footing there because uh, you know, I every Wednesday I do a do a show with somebody different, and yeah. it's long enough that it's not a segment. It's, I don't feel like it's a guest. I feel like it's a co-host. I like that. I like yeah. it. So it's a big week. It's championship week for almost everybody, including uh, your, league, your contest, the Scott Fishbowl. Yes, yes. It's, uh, it's going to be a big week. We got 20 people uh, fighting for uh, the, the ultimate prize in, in fantasy football, what, what I like to think it, of it as. I uh, got some really uh, some big hitters in there and some fans, and it's a, it's a good mix. It should be yeah. a, an exciting, exciting week for everyone out there. Yeah, I can't seem to get past like the second round of the playoffs. Uh, yeah. I, two years in a row, I think I've gotten past the first round and then got knocked out the second round. I was I was kind of limping in though. I, uh, I I had a terrible final week of uh, the, the regular season for that, and then which met, lost my bye week. Got through barely in the uh, first round of the the wild card round, and then got knocked out last week. Yeah, that's that seems to be my. Uh... My my uh, modus operandi or whatever my mo for for fishbowl each year as well. I just uh, I can't seem to make it past that second round. Yeah. Did it once though, the oh. very first year. Nice. It was a ninety ninety six team field. It was a little easier back then. How big is it now? Uh, Twelve hundred this year. Good grief. 
I, I thought I was going to say 900 and I was selling it short. That's crazy. Uh, that's fantastic. It shows how huge the industry is. And I, I know it's not just industry people. You also let in uh, dedicated fans, you know, avid players, you know, but it's still it, it, it shows how widespread we are. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's wonderful that everybody gets behind it and supports it as this this event, not just because it's, you know, a fun community gathering thing that uh that brings people together and you meet lots of new people and learn about shows and podcasts and uh sites you'd never heard of, but also just just that it helps bring toys to so many kids at Christmas time. Yeah. Um it's just a wonderful thing. Yeah, and for those who are unfamiliar, what what exactly are we doing here? Because I think it's uh, you know, I think it's really worth uh, mentioning it. This is the reason for the season, why we're doing this in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, I started this thing called, uh, this little organization called fantasy cares several years ago to, uh, to help, uh, buy toys for Christmas for, uh, toys for tots. And we have a, a few other charities that we help with national coalition with against domestic violence. We've given money to food shelves. We've, when there, there's been hurricanes that we've uh, given money for relief for, but most of it, the overwhelming majority is, uh, given for toys, to buy toys for kids at Christmas time. And, uh, we don't charge entry fees for the fishbowl or any of the satellites or anything. We just say, if you want to donate, you know, if you want to help out the, these causes, this cause specific, you know, in general, uh, you know, consider, consider donating, but there's no entry fees. We just like to, you know, have people, uh, try to help out and see if we can, uh, make a, make a better Christmas for a lot of kids out there. That's awesome. And for those in the latest listening audience, uh, is it too late for anybody to chip in and help out for this year? It is for this year. We, we, uh, close it down, uh, just a little bit into the season each year because I need to get the end of the year numbers all finalized and, uh, organize all these events and shopping trips, uh, around the country. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to keep taking donations and trying to, you know, readjust on the fly. Okay. Very cool. Uh, well I'm looking and I'm looking forward to seeing all the uh, happy pictures and uh, all the, all the great results. Uh, it's a busy week. A lot of stuff to deal with here. Uh, injury wise, matchup wise, just tough, you know, tough considerations. Uh, let's start off local with you. The big news of the week. If you've somehow got through your fantasy semifinals with Dalvin cook are still in the finals, despite him leaving the game early, are you going to have his services this week? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I know either. that uh, Zimmer's been optimistic, but the, even though it, it is the Packers and if the Vikings win out and the Packers lose out, they, we, the Vikings can still take the division. Um, I, that, that requires the Packers also to lose to the lions in week 17, which right. I don't think is going to happen. I, I can see the Vikings going into this with a, let we, you know, we're, we've all, but we're 95% to make the playoffs. I mean, the, there things have to happen for the Vikings to miss the playoffs. So I think they're going to walk into this wanting to win. Uh, it's a home game against, you know, our biggest rival, but, uh, I, I think they're going to let cook rest up, save him for the playoffs. Uh, there's a lot of speculation around here that Alexander Madison's ankle sprain is actually a high ankle sprain. He might be out a while. Right. Um, we signed a practice squad player off of the Steelers this week as well, which is usually not a good sign for guys like Madison and cook dealing with injuries. Right. So I, I think it's all Mike Boone and, and Vikings fans love Mike Boone. He, he always looks good in the preseason. He, uh, always plays really, really hard. He's kind of a, a battering Ram out there. Um, he's a lot better than people expect. And he might be the guy, the type of guy that can lead people to championships. Cause you're getting him off waivers. Right. All right. And it's, it'll probably be a one week thing, like as per par for the course for this year, where it seems like it's just, you know, any running back we pick up is good for a week and that's it. Wayne yep. Goleman or Jonathan Williams, Bo Scarborough was like two weeks. Or, yeah, yeah. It, 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 we have had. There's been no Peyton Hillis this year. There's no uh, Philip Lindsay. There's <laughs> there's just none of that this year. Yeah, you're not finding those guys off the waiver that help you all year long <laughs> like that. I, yeah, it's the, it's a it's a bad year for trying to find one of those types. Exactly, exactly. Um, let's talk injuries. Uh, more injuries. Uh, Mike Evans officially done for the year. The uh, the, the uh, Bucks put him on IR. They waited a week, uh, but then the Chris Godwin injury and Scotty Miller, for that matter, kind of forced their hand. Yeah. They need the roster spot. He's done. 
Yeah, Scotty Miller going out is a is kind of a big deal for Justin Watson because they've been playing him over Watson yep. consistently this year. And people thought last week might be the week Watson steps up, but nope. Scotty Miller decided to come back from that hamstring injury, re-aggravated it. Uh, I the way Jameis Winston is playing, I know he's throwing tennis balls again this week, just like last week. But yep. the way he's playing right now it's hard. It's hard not to try to find space in flex spots or, or especially in DFS, but in flex spots for, for guys like Perriman and Watson and, and even OJ Howard this week, just cause who else is he going to throw to? And you can probably bet pretty safely. He's going to throw two fifty plus and a couple touchdowns. It's against a Houston secondary. That's, you know, got some aging vets and yep. uh, it's, it's been, it's, you know, bottom 12 most of the year. Right. Drew Locke carved him up two weeks ago. And yeah. so, yeah, absolutely. You, you want this matchup. The one other drag besides the receiver injuries is the possible weather issues. Supposed to be a driving rainstorm. I had some people already asking me about that in my rankings last night. I always tell people I'm going to wait till Friday to see. You know, weather weather forecasts can change. Uh, so we'll see if it's going to be really that bad when we get closer. But that is a concern too. Yeah, for for me. I don't know if you're the same way, but for me, when, when it's weather related, it needs to get to almost an extreme point. I agree. Like the, you know, slight amounts of weather, you know, 10 mile an hour winds or, you know, rain or or snow. It doesn't bug me until it gets like blizzard condition conditions or, or 30 mile consistent winds, not just gusts or, you know, stuff like it has to, it has to get pretty extreme for me to start changing rankings off of weather. Right. I mean, I think we all, I think we all get a little gun shy. We see a game like, Right. Yep. Dallas, New England. And we're like, oh, yeah, that weather. We got to remember weather this time of year. But then we forget, like, Kansas City threw the ball just fine against uh, against Denver just last week in the snow. It's yep. that, sometimes it's OK. Right. Right. And and uh, you do have to remember with especially with snow games, when it's when it's not really affecting the quarterback throwing uh, with snow games, it it, tef- it tends to lean towards uh, the the benefit of the wide receivers because the wide receivers know what they're doing. The cornerbacks are the ones who have to adjust quickly. That's absolutely right. Uh, And you got to make that point. You got to reinforce that point every once in a while. We saw that. Look at Tyreek Hill's first touchdown. He knew exactly where he was going to make the cut, when he was going to make the cut. And the Denver, you know, secondary just didn't have the time to react, especially with his speed. Yep, exactly. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that, that one, yeah, I'm not, so that I'm probably not going to downgrade Jameis on that basis. Although maybe gripping the ball with his thumb. I mean, I could see it, Oh yeah, but it's gotta be extreme added on top. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Dak Prescott is going to be limited in practice today. Uh, right shoulder injury picked up in the first half of that win over the Rams. Hard is hard for us to see it because they are running wild all over the Rams and literally running, uh, whether it was uh, Zeke or whether it was Pollard, uh, they just, they didn't need to throw that often. Yeah, the good, good for Zach's Dax shoulder there. Um, yeah, this is one I'm just not worried about at all. I, this is a divisional contest. They're both seven and seven. The winner of this is likely going to win the division and go to the playoffs. I mean, we still got a week 17 after this, but this is this is a big step here. Uh, I have to imagine Dak will be Dak will be about as full go as you can be. Yeah, I, I think so too. And this is—I mean—you love the matchup against the Eagles. I mean, this is this is where it's at. When when Dwayne Haskins looks competent against the secondary, you know it's a great matchup. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's definitely a great matchup. It, they were really really bad uh, against uh, quarterbacks early in the year, uh, and the last three they've <laughs> they've also they, they've also been uh, as you mentioned just just torn up bottom ten in the league over the last three. Yeah. Uh, so I've got Dak in my, where do I have him? I have him super high. I have him like, this was before I knew the, about the, uh, the shoulder, but I had him at five this week and I had Cooper really high. I think he bounces back this week too. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, Eli Manning and Dwayne Haskins three weeks in a row, multiple touchdown passes against the Eagles. Yeah. I only, and I'm a Terry McLaurin owner, especially in the NFFC uh, classic where I've got a team that's alive and I only wish McLaurin could play the Eagles and the Giants every week. 
<laughs> yeah, that's uh, that would be nice. That would be nice for for him, but unfortunately, it's just uh, <laughs> you only get you only get four of those a year, I guess. Exactly, exactly. So, so it goes. A uh, few other injury notes: No Evan Ingram, finally officially done. Uh, he, yep. He's actually going on IR. He's going to have surgery. Why didn't they do this sooner? I don't know. Yeah, I I don't get it either. I, I don't know why they kept kept waiting and and apparently it's not even that bad of a list frank or whatever but it still needs surgery i i don't know that i'm lighting a, it's it's a good matchup against washington especially for tight ends who are allowing like the the sixth most receptions to tight ends this year something like that uh third most receiving yards to tight ends over the last five but cadence just throwing cadence smith into your you know, championship game lineup. That is a scary proposition. It is. It is. And I haven't been able to move that up. It, it's kind of like the Arizona test uh, where, you know, like how, how bad of a tight end does he have to be before you don't start him against Arizona? Well, we came close to that in previous <laughs> weeks. And then we see Ricky Seals Jones come to life against him last week. You're like, oh, uh, throw your hands up all over again. Exactly. I was just thinking that Ricky Seals scores two <laughs> last yeah. week. Uh, I wonder how. I mean, we didn't find out about Najoku until after the noon game started. So I wonder how many people even got him in for that matchup, and, or it was even rostered for that matter. Like how many yeah, people picked exactly. him up? You know, you yeah. had to be paying pretty close attention. You had to be pretty desperate for that matter. Yeah, too. yeah. And generally, I, I would guess there are a lot of championship level teams, week fifteen teams last week that aren't quite that desperate. Exactly. Maybe though. Exactly right. Uh, maybe a best ball, but who took Ricky Seals Jones in best ball for that matter? Too? <laughs> maybe maybe earlier in the best ball season when what, wasn't he on the Patriots for a cup of coffee or something yeah. early in the preseason? Maybe uh, in our fifty round best ball leagues or something of that nature, yeah. tight end only best ball leagues. I don't know something like that. Uh, DJ Chark, it might be Chark week again. After all, he's he was able to practice uh, today. Missed last week with the ankle. Uh, you would think this was a good matchup against the Falcons. I have a hard time figuring them out. I mean, they, they've gotten blown out by a lot of teams, and then they turn around and they beat San Francisco at San Francisco and New Orleans at New Orleans and looked really good defensively while doing it. Yeah, th- I mean, this is an Atlanta team that's allowing something like 1.3 pass. I think they've only allowed five, six passing touchdowns in the last six weeks, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so I'd be a, a lot less likely on uh, on putting Chark into lineups, especially if he's uh, fairly limited. Um, I'm trying to look at. Yeah, it is. It's six passing touchdowns total they've allowed since the bye week. Um, since, since, uh, their week nine bye, they came against new Orleans and they shut down breeze for the better part. Only Jameis Winston had a good game. So I, yeah, I'd be a little more worried about that receiving core this week. If, if Chark misses, I mean, people loved having Conley in their lineup last week, but for some reason, Atlanta, since the bye, their defense has just been decent. Yeah. Um, I have Conley as a flex option in, in the NFC classic, but I'm probably not going to use him. Um, he's, you know, it, it, it's almost certain I'm not going to use him. In fact, uh, because I, I'm luckily enough, uh, Miles Sanders has come to life on, uh, yeah, that was massive last week. And even if Jordan Howard gets cleared, I can't see Sanders role changing that materially. He just brings a speed element they otherwise don't have. Yeah, I don't see I don't see Howard getting cleared. He he's not even cleared for contact yet, and it's already Wednesday. I I just don't see him playing a factor in this in the, in the Eagles Cowboys game. Right, exactly right. Uh, quick note uh, from one of our sponsors. Uh, we, we get uh, we want to thank Yahoo Fantasy Sports. They've been sponsoring us all year. Uh, and for sports and betting fans in the New Jersey area, this is the moment you've been waiting for. Sports betting is available today on Yahoo Sports and the Yahoo Sports app, powered by BetMGM. Yahoo Sportsbook, powered by BetMGM, allows fans nationwide to view betting odds across a variety of sports. And users of legal age to bet in the state of New Jersey can click through the odds to place bets on BetMGM. New users 21 or older in New Jersey can make their first $10 deposit and receive $100 in free bets. Go to betmgm.com slash yahoo to get started and for full offer terms and conditions. Also, Yahoo Daily continues, Daily Fantasy continues to launch new fantasy contests every day. Visit yahoo.com slash daily fantasy to enter an NFL, NBA, or NHL contest today. I'm Jeff Erickson, and you are listening to the Wednesday Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. My co-host is Scott Fish, uh, proprietor of the Scott Fish Bowl, and works for Fanball. You can hear him. Uh, you still are you still on on Saturday, Scott? 
I am. Uh, I have a serious XM show. Yeah. Saturday mornings, eight to 10 a.m. Eastern. We call that show Fanball weekly. Uh, during the season, we go over each and every matchup, just about any player you can think of from all of those matchups. And then during the off season, we'll, we'll figure out where we're going to do what yeah. our off season plan is soon. Yeah. And I, I apologize for having to ask because that that's five o'clock my time. And as committed Oof. as I am to fantasy football, that that's a big ask, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, West Coast, living the West Coast life. Um, let's talk about some of the big matchups this week, some of the tougher calls. First of all, one of the better matchups is Joe Mixon going against Miami. He's been looking great anyhow. I mean, he looked awesome against the Pats. 136 yards and 25 carries. Belichick was singing his praises afterward. And now he faces a Miami team that's just decimated his talent. Yeah, they they really are. And it, it's it's a team that finally allowed Saquon Barkley to get back on track last week with 112 yards and two touchdowns that Chubb and uh, Miles Sanders in the previous weeks ran all over them. I, I believe they're bottom three in, in several categories against running backs on the season. Uh, I do know that they've allowed the most rushing yards this season. It's it used to be one of those matchups where you you were willing to start secondary backs like Tony Pollard against them just because yep. the starter is going to get his and the second back is going to get his, but I don't know that we get that for mixing. I think or from uh, Bernard. I think we just get a lot of mix in here. I mean, they gave him 30 touches in a loss just a few weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. They, they always feed him. I mean, they, they fed him last week, even after they fell behind, they kept feeding him. It's just when they decided to throw, that's when things got gnarly for them. And they committed to the punt after that. Um, Andy Dalton doing his best to ensure that uh, they bangled for Burrow. So I uh, appreciate that. <laughs> Took a little bit I of pressure like off this game. I have not heard that one. Did you make that up? I did. For Burrow? I did. I love that. That's so, great. And see, the thing is, I am one of three uh, Bengals fans living on the West Coast. So I, you know, I, it, it, I'm feeling it this year. Uh, and I actually like Zach Taylor. But the problem, it's it's not the coaching staff. It's it's clearly ownership. It, the rot oh, starts boy. from the top. You want to you want to hear something terrible? I have a friend that's a lifelong Giants fan, a co-host of uh, the our Fanball Weekly show. After Gettleman's last uh, OBJ debacle, followed by Daniel Jones, and that may change pan out, but he decided to give up on the ownership and the GM ship of the Giants and whatnot, and switch to being a Bengals fan. Oh, you know that's. <laughs> I could have talked him out of that one. Um, I feel like someone should have. <laughs> I'm a self-hating Bengals fan. Always have been. But, you know, the thing is, it's it's stupid, too, because I didn't even grow up in Cincy. My dad would grow up in Ohio as a Bengals fan. So that's why I'm a Bengals fan. I grew up in Indianapolis, moved, went to high school in Kansas, lived in Chicago. Now I live in L.A. You know, I've never lived in Ohio. I, there's no reason for me to be loyal. But yet here I am because I'm just too lazy to change, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you loved uh, not just the Sison days, but in the in the nineties, you were a big Carl Pickens fan. I can see it. Yeah, of course. Who wouldn't be? Um, <laughs> Pickens was great. He he was awesome at times, and he was yeah. It, 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 there was a very interesting relationship. The Bengals of all, and you know, you look back on it now, and you're like, why wasn't I more firmly p- pro player on all these disputes? Whether it's Dylan or Ochocinco or Pickens, you know, it's it's always ownership. It's always been the yeah. case. Yep. Yep. So, so it goes. <laughs> uh, Dallas Philly should, you know, it, it's the fraud bowl. Uh, we got two teams that, you know, battling for first place in the AFC East. Somebody has to win the division. What do you think is going to happen in this game? I think uh, it's. I think after this game, we're all but guaranteed uh, that a team with a losing re- winner, a losing record, will not win the division, right. <laughs> as was projected for a while that it was possible. But uh, one of these teams is going to come out eight and eight and seven, I guess. Right. Uh, in this one, man, Carson Carson Wentz has such a good matchup against uh, against that Dallas secondary. The the way they played the just the last three games in general, like they were they were a lot better. Um, earlier in the season, but Josh Allen and Trubisky and even golf had good days against them. I, I guess part of it was due to their day on the ground, but yeah. I, I expect one of those divisional 28, 24 type of matchups here, um, probably going down pretty close to the wire. And, and like you, I expected, I expect Sanders and, and Elliot to have uh, decent days here. Yeah, I do too. Uh, and 
you know, Dallas proved me wrong a little bit last week. I'm, I'm going to still go back to the yeah. ball a little bit. But they yeah. hadn't beaten a good team all year. The only team they had beaten right. was Philly. And, you know, Philly is under 500. So you can't really give that as a quality win. They did blow them out. But they throttled the Rams. And the Rams looked like they were finding their way. And all of a sudden, they, they lay a big egg when they really needed it. I mean, this pretty much knocks the Rams out of the playoffs, too. So, I, I was, I was, frankly, I was shocked at this result. Yeah, I, w- I was shocked by that game as well. I actually, I said on the serious show, I thought the Rams were going to just come out and take that game. And, and it was the absolute complete opposite of <laughs> what I thought would happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, th- this game, the, the Eagles don't have any wide receivers and that that's probably a problem here. I, I, have we heard much on Aguilar? It sounds like he's probably going to play, right? Because slot ride wide receivers against the Cowboys is a pretty good matchup. That's true. Although if an Aguilar falls in the forest, does anybody hear it? I don't know. Is he yeah. Just... It's one of those things. Are you going to be the guy in week 16 of your championship to slide a guy like Nelson Aguilar? in? I don't think that's happening. No, I don't think so either. I mean, Ertz. Yes. Sanders. Yes. Greg Ward. No, I uh, can't do no. it. Goddard. It's... Maybe. No, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty thin girl there. I, I think Cooper has a big bounce back week for the Cowboys. You just want to pick on those corners. Um, you just it, he did it last time they matched up. I, I think it, you should have a good result. You know, Michael Gallup, quite you know, quietly really had an awful week last week, and you know, I was kind of ready to put him in the circle of trust, and he just that was a big disappointment. Yeah, it's it was, and I hate when those happen because then it makes you second guess keeping them in lineups. But this is just such a good matchup here. Over the last five games, they're allowing the like third third most touchdowns and uh, ninth most yards to wide receivers, and and they just got destroyed by Devontae Parker and then Darius Slayton and then Terry McLaurin. Maybe this is more of a Cooper thing, but I feel like there's room for both of them to operate here. I'd agree with that. Uh, and I, I think my rankings reflect that a little bit. I mean, I'm bigger on Cooper than I am Gallup, but I have Gallup in my top 30. So that's that's a starter in almost every format. Uh, so unless you're really old school going two and two, maybe a flex or something, maybe then maybe then you wouldn't start him. But for the most part, you're using him this week. Yeah. So, uh, that, so I thought that was a pretty big matchup uh, to talk about. Uh, we'll hold off on uh, Minnesota Green Bay for obvious reasons, but <laughs> the Sunday night game, you know, Chicago Kansas City. I had trouble with this one. I, yeah, because I, I don't think Chicago is terrible, and I I don't think they should be giving that. Like I think the latest was they're giving five and a half points at home, and as much as I like Casey, they're fun to watch. Uh, I love Mahomes and all that. I don't know if they're still firing at all cylinders offensively. I, I don't know if this is a great setup for them. Yeah, well, luckily, luckily their defense has been has been stepping up, especially yep. their pass defense. You, you can beat them on the ground, but their pass defense has been stepping up. Their run defense over the last few has been pretty good. Uh, as far as the Bears, I, I feel like they'd be a 10-win team if they were in the NFC East. Doesn't it feel that way? Like they're, yeah. they're good enough that <laughs> – <laughs> they would they would be like uh, six and two or uh, not six and two excuse me like four and two or five and one in division over there and they would instead of having to play the Packers and the Vikings multiple times true uh, they're kind yeah. of the uh, NFC version of the Chargers I think sometimes they find uh, ways to lose these in yeah. weird ways yeah in fact they got chargered by the Chargers was. as a matter of fact yeah. 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 That's I, I, I like that. I can, <laughs> I, I can definitely see that comp, uh, for this game though. I, I just can't trust any of, uh, any of the chargers or the, uh, chiefs running backs. And nope. I can't trust the bears running backs right now. I, I would have a lot of trouble putting David Montgomery, even in a decent matchup in, in a championship lineup, unless you had to, uh, but you do like the wide receivers. I mean, you like Hill, you like Kelsey, you're there's, you know, Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller somehow with triple Biskey's resurgence over the last th- three, four weeks, both of them have been yep. have been productive. And I like it when you see the light start to click with a wide receiver, young wide receiver. Hey, we're seeing mm-hmm. it in his rookie year with A.J. Brown, but now seeing it with Miller, I mean, he still makes mistakes. I remember the Thanksgiving game. Yep. He had a couple of drops, had a couple of penalties. But the production's there now, and now he's getting the targets. And yep. I'm encouraged by that. I think in a dynasty league, if in a keeper format, I'm pretty encouraged by that, especially because your acquisition cost is probably pretty low in a keeper league. Uh, in a dynasty league, obviously, you're holding on to him. But, you know, you might actually be using him a lot next year. 
Yeah. And it's, it's a really easy excuse, but I mean, last year he had the shoulder injury, uh, for the second half of the year. So his numbers started dip and early this year he's been hurt. Um, and now he's fully healthy again and his numbers were dipping and now they're coming on strong or they were down and they're coming on stronger now that he's fully healthy. I mean, you could, you could easily make the, the, you know, simple correlation there that the reason he hasn't produced you know, consistently is yes, you know, rookie second year, rookie year and second year, some mistakes, but also mm-hmm. injury probably played a decent amount in a lot of that. And Trubisky did as well. I mean, <laughs> Trubisky's really only good in, in good matchups. It seems like, uh, but he's been really good lately and, and you can ride that. Yeah, you can. And, uh, I, yeah. So I'm, I'm inclined to go ahead and use Montgomery still a little bit, even though I, there's a little lack of trust. I, I definitely start Miller. I've got him in my top 30 this week. I, you know, I, uh, Cohen, you know, he's one, he's a typical PPR back. You never know if he's going to get the targets in a given week and that, that it's going to be hard to buy into him. Uh, but I think Montgomery gets enough touches to justify it, especially cause that's how you beat the chiefs. You got to use your backs. You got to run against them, get them and get them out in the open sometimes. But I, I think I I'm inclined to go ahead and use Montgomery. I have him at 21 this week. Yeah. I think every, every running back I'm looking at the stat lines and it looks like every single running back that had at least 15 touches had at least 80 yards on the chiefs this year. Um, so, so if you can, if you can project 15 touches for Montgomery, which I think is fair ish, yeah. um, you, you can immediately put him in that 80 to a hundred yard range and maybe hope for a score. Um, so I can see that it makes the Philip Lindsay game last week, all that much more disappointing. Yeah. That's <laughs> seven carries. That's yeah. That's I, I don't, I think that was a fatal coaching flaw there. I mean, you, you don't, you beat Kansas city by running on the ground right now. Yep. And they, they ran the ball 13 times. It's almost like, Hey, we have this new toy and drew lock. It's a homecoming game. Let's, let's get them. Let's, let's have them throw a lot more. It, it didn't work out that well. So, yep. so it goes, uh, Carolina Indy. Now this is a game. It's not it doesn't have much. It doesn't have any meaning except for us. It has lots of meaning because <laughs> there's a lot of players involved on on both sides that uh, you know could be in these very good plus matchups. Mm-hmm. But Brissett looked terrible last week. Oh, he looks so bad. So bad. Missed op- missed open guys. You know, didn't really have the composure against the pass rush, and he has not been the same since that knee injury. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't think the knee would do the things that he's doing, like throw it, you know, over guys right. too far behind. <laughs> like he, he can't even hit guys. It's, it's such a problem after leading the league in touchdowns for about five weeks or tied for the lead for about five weeks. Right. You and I were both agonizing over Jack Doyle's lack of production and you know, missing him a couple of times. You actually got what you needed. I mean, I, I'm in the, it's a three week playoff for me in the NFFC. So I'm, I'm still alive. I didn't get knocked out, but I had Mac and Doyle on Monday night and got like five points between the two of them. Brutal. I had a huge week. I had Lamar Jackson, had DJ Moore, had McLaurin, had Miles Sanders. I was like, yes, I'm going to really make a big move. If all I can get is just like 20 points from these guys, it'd be great. No. Yeah. Nope. Bumpkins. <laughs> uh, you got your four points. You needed that. Yeah. It's by the skin of your teeth, basically. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, can we trust can we trust this week against what should be a really positive matchup at home against Carolina? Yeah, it's it's really it's really tough to trust him. He's it, it's not as much Doyle as it is Brissett, but he's been he's been really up and down. Um, yeah. I think I think this the matchup is more for the wide receivers here. Uh, I think Will Greer's arm is strong enough to push it down the field. He's got a he's got a decent arm. He's got the start now. We'll see how he does in his first ever start, but that might help because you know the Colts don't have tape on him. <laughs> right. But uh, I, I think that this could be a good thing for DJ Moore who can get downfield and Curtis route who runs, you know, precise routes. Maybe he can get some separation, um, make it a little easier on the rookie. Uh, so I'm, I'm still, I'm still lining them in. I'm still starting Christian McCaffrey, but I have trouble going, going anything past that. Even, even though Ian Thomas had a, you know, decent game last week. Yeah. As a DJ Moore owner, I really need him just to keep, yeah, you can throw a lot of check downs to him. That's fine. I'll take my PPR points. I'll, I'll go that way with him, but uh, I need that. That's for sure. And then I think it could be a good Mac game. You know, if Greer struggles, the Colts are going to run the ball a lot. Uh, and the Caroline, 
Go ahead. I was going to say the Panthers have allowed the, the most attempts, rushing yards, yards per carry, rushing touchdowns, and total yards per game to running backs over the last three weeks. Is that a good thing? They're, Is that a good thing they're, for us? They're yeah. just bad. That's, yeah. It's a very good spot for Mac. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for a rebound there. I think, I think I probably will get it. But, of course, you worry about things. And he didn't look good in his own right against the Saints. But I think that was more the Saints than anything else. Um one other matchup I wanted to bring up, uh, Rams-Niners. I mean, this is a pretty huge game. Uh, it's, it is ahead. huge, yeah. Uh, and uh, Niners, I mean, they had the big letdown last week. I got that wrong. I, I thought that, you know, they were, you know, I guess it's just natural to have letdowns. And, you know, give credit where credit's due. Atlanta played well. But I, that was a real disappointment by the Niners offensively. Uh, they, they weren't able to run it that effectively. Is Mostert someone you can trust this week? Man, I, I I was very, very, very in on Mostert uh, two weeks ago, and then this last week w- was not quite the game I, I had anticipated. I anticipated a really big game out of him. Uh, but I, th- I think this is a spot where you can trust him. Uh, it's, it, it, you know, it's, it's probably a middle of the road Rams defense against running backs. But over the last five, they've been, they've been a little weaker allowing over five yards per carry, uh, you know, bottom five in rushing yards allowed. It's, it's a spot where you should be able to trust most it. It's just, it's just about the touches. He needs to get that. He needs to get that volume because his efficiency has been through the roof all year. Not, not quite as much last week, but if that comes down and he doesn't get the, uh, get the touches, it's a problem. Yeah, it it really is. Uh, and so tough call. Him, Debo's tough. After you know, Debo had been a guy that we could trust, and all of a sudden, yeah, Debo. Debo had five straight double digit fantasy point days, uh, three hundred plus total yard games, and a, a fifty yard and a touchdown, and a sixty yard and a touchdown games uh, prior to last week. And I, it shocked me. I I had Debo lined up in several lineups last week, and I just it, it did not make me happy seeing him, you know, fall fall from grace for for that one week. I, I think it, this Rams secondary since since the Jalen Ramsey trade has been a lot better. Yeah. And uh, uh, I don't know, can it support both Sanders and Samuel in this game? Yeah, I don't know. I, I had a, I was on Chris Harris's podcast last week, and we went back and forth on Sanders versus Samuel, and I had Samuel higher. And well, hey, I was right but not really what we were expecting, you know, <laughs> not really. I mean, uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's another tough one. That's a Saturday night game too. I don't know, uh, you know, a little less time to prepare how much that makes a difference for both teams. I mean, they faced each other before, although albeit the Rams made that big trade immediately after getting thumped by the Niners. That's when yeah. they made the trade for Jalen Ramsey. They traded away, uh, you know, a couple other players. I mean, they the Marcus Peters trade did. It's so funny that Ramsey has done pretty well for the Rams, especially lately. And Peters was a great ad for Baltimore. Peters has been unbelievable for Baltimore. Yeah. I, I, I should mention, and maybe this is just the Vikings fandom, but this game does have, uh, if the 49ers win, that locks Minnesota not into not just into a playoff spot, but it, it almost guarantees them the sixth seed. Um, that that could mean, hey, Cook Madison, you, you're just going to be on the shelf. We can't gain anything from this win here. They can't get the five seed. Uh, they might be able to get the five seed. I I believe they're locked into five or six if uh, right. if San Francisco beats the Rams. The the only other option is Vikings win out, Packers win out, then the Vikings get the division. Right. Um. But uh, I, I'm just I'm just stating this. Lo- if the Rams lose, that's a, they clinch the the Vikings clinch the playoffs, and it's another reason to maybe you know not worry about this game as much. Well, that's right. As a Vikings fan, you can always count on Detroit to come up big against Green Bay. Uh, I can't <laughs> Brutal, brutal. Uh, one more note, and we'll start talking fishbowl. And we'll talk Vikings Packers. Armchair quarterback is a real time game where you predict the next play during a live football broadcast. You know what the next play is going to be. Predict it and earn points. Climb the leaderboard and increase your chances to win tickets and other prizes. It's the perfect way to make watching games more exciting. We have a special league for all RotoWire subscribers, and we'll be posting the leaderboard online and mentioning them here. This week, we're playing in the Monday night game. You can also form your own league with your fantasy friends. The full schedule and game information is available at armchairquarterback.com. Armchair Quarterback, make every game bigger. I'm Jeff Erickson. We are talking 
Scott Fishbowl, and we're talking about the Vikings Packers with my co-host, Scott Fish. Scott, uh, let's talk about the Fishbowl. It's the final week, finally, and mm-hmm. big week. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar with the format, I like, first of all, I love that you, you tweak the format every year. Uh, it's different than every league I play in. I, I like that, whether it's between the rosters and, and the scoring system, it's its own animal, and I, I like that. Yeah, I, I do that mo- mostly so... You know, we have a lot of uh, amazing analysts in this industry that play in it, and I, I, I like to keep them on their toes. I like to get uh, we, we we all play in so many leagues usually that uh, it's good to have something unique, but also. Uh, I like to make it something that you can't just simply look back at last year's data of it and, you know, prepare for you have to prepare fresh each year if you want to try to attack it differently. And I, I try to make rules that, you know, force you to, uh, you know, think about, uh, how you want to attack the drafts and how you want to play it. Um, but yeah, we're in the final week now. It's it's going to be a good time. Yeah, I mean, you have first downs. It's QB flex. You have bonuses for tight ends. Yep. Uh, PPR. I mean, it's it's runs a the gamut there. And uh, what I like is you get to the first round and like okay, it's not the same as every other draft I've been in. Where you know, okay, well, it's going to be these four running backs first, and then we're going to wait on quarterbacks forever, and this and no, that's not the case. Yep. I, I work countless hours on the scoring and, and roster and starting lineup settings so that you can go in and do any strategy you want and come out with a good, with a roster you enjoy, um, which, you know, it's good for everybody. It makes everybody happy, but also every there's a hundred SFB drafts and they're, they're all pretty different because yep. it's just different people doing different strategies. I was just looking at the finals round here and I, I love that you got, there's about seven or eight fans. There's guys like Adam Levitan and, uh, and, uh, you, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's big names. Yeah. Four for four, John Paulson, uh, big names in the industry. And then you got like Grace Golden, who is a, a 14 year old girl in her first, uh, first year in the fishbowl and is a fan and she's in the finals. Awesome. So, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's very awesome to see the, the, the spread that made the finals this year. My league, I had the misfortune of being one of the faster drafting teams. And I say misfortune because I took Melvin Gordon in the first round. Oh no. Yeah. And if you recall, this, the news on his holdout being legit and scary uh, didn't come out until about day three of the draft, at which yep. point we were like in the sixth round already. Eckler was already gone. <sighs> that is that's rough. I, I felt the same fate the year before with uh, taking Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. But luckily, I was able to get James Conner in the double digit rounds when when that news started to pop. Right. Right. And yeah. that that one was weird, too, because like, oh, yeah, he held out the year before. Fine. He'll come back right before the start of the season. He'll be fine. Uh, it, it wasn't until like a week before the season starts. Like, no, no, he's not. He's not coming back at the, this reporting date. No, it's different this time. And like, oh, shoot. And then that's like open the door for every other subsequent holdout to be something real and scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it, it part of part of the problem with drafting. When we do, we, we draft the Monday after the 4th of July, we do it because there's so many analysts that were all so busy in August that I want to get it done and, 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 it, you know, have it, uh, have it not be a problem for the, for us analysts. And also there's nothing going on that time of year, you yeah. know, except for apparently Melvin Gordon and Le'Veon Bell news breaking, but right. <laughs> usually there's not too much going on. It's so funny because uh, we had the same philosophy. Rotowire has a trip to Vegas every year during the baseball all-star break. And what we do is uh, we, we have like a, you know, do a couple of fantasy football drafts. But, you know, our writers bring their spouses, girlfriends, whatever. Uh, we, we get together. We have a poker tournament, a couple meals, you know, hang out by the pool a lot. And we do a couple of drafts. So it, it's a perfect time to kind of get away. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, and and then something breaks that changes yep. that. But yeah, it is. Uh, that sounds like an awesome trip. That sounds really fun. To yeah, have that been, company do that. We've been doing that for like I think fifteen years now. It's kind of crazy. That's uh, very cool. Yeah, it is. It is quite cool. Uh, did you do any mining of the, like the teams to see like if there are commonalities, like how many McCaffrey owners, how many Lamar Jackson owners are in it? Uh, no, I haven't done specific mining. I mean, obviously there are, <laughs> there are some of those teams definitely, definitely in there that I think I'm more interested in the ones that for you look at and for some reason, there's no way that team should have made it. But right. yeah, there, I, I did notice several Chris Carson's. 
Um, yeah. at least three or four Chris Carson's somehow found their way into the final, which I guess makes sense. He had a, you know, a slight, what third, fourth round, fourth round ADP. Um, maybe even so later. If, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll, you're gonna tell th- like this is me raising my hand saying I got that one completely, utterly wrong. I had no Chris Carson <laughs> shares this year. I was penny over Carson. Um, I was wrong. I, I, this is me saying I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, we all have yeah. Baker Mayfield for just about everybody. Yeah, what a <laughs> whiff. Probably my biggest miss. Yeah, that was tough, and especially because of the pick you invested to get him. It's not like you—he was the tenth quarterback. You probably spent a top five quarterback pick on him. Probably sixth or seventh round, passed up a good uh, lot, running back lottery ticket, wide receiver three or tight end there. Yeah. I had him QB four. I had Lamar Jackson QB five, so I don't feel as bad oh, about that. Good. But I had Baker QB four somehow. Yeah. So that that's that's a big whiff. So what's the thing you got right the most this year? Was it Lamar? Oof. Well, I I don't know. I I did have a series of tweets saying there's no way that Lamar can be outside QB seven, and I based it on previous rushing quarterbacks. Uh, but so that that was decent. I had Deshaun Watson as my QB two behind. Or I flip flopped it many times. QB one, QB two, and he he ended up right about where he should be. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think. I mean, a lot of people had Godwin. A lot of people had were on Galladay. I had those. Mm-hmm. Um. Those right. Uh, I had I had Cortland Sutton probably too low, but I I mean I I had him higher than a lot of people. I, I guess those are some of my better calls. Okay, good. A lot of people had those. Good, very good. Uh, well, looking forward to seeing the uh, results of Fishbowl. Uh, I'm sure you'll be uh, tweeting that out, and yeah, you know, looking forward to seeing that. Let's talk a little Pike, uh, Packers Vikings that we haven't talked about already. We are, we don't expect much of Dalvin Cook or Madison. Uh, I still think the Vikings win this game though. I think they're better than the Packers. I think, and you you see it in the line. It's more than the standard three. I think Vegas agrees. I I, I agree too. The Packers are a team I'm not fully scared of. Which I think Bill Simmons said it on his podcast either this week or last week that it's just not a team you're you're scared of. They they don't seem as good as their record. Um, but you know they're you got to respect the, <laughs> respect the record. You Devonte Adams, Aaron Jones, they, Aaron Rodgers, they got they got some good playmakers there. Um, but yeah, I I'm kind of with you. I I feel like this is a game the Vikings can win. I put this on Twitter just uh, just the other day. It's kind of it was more for fun because I realized it preface seen this i realize the vikings defense has been really good for several years and their past defense is not as good this year yep but aaron Rodgers in minnesota um not not minnesota games total not away games not not at lambo but in minnesota he has not thrown for more than 212 yards in seven years and he hasn't thrown multiple touchdowns in over five years wow um it's a tough place for him to play uh over the you know historically so uh i, I think this might be a spot where where the vikings can come away with that win and uh, i think that there's you know several startable fan all this all the startable fantasy options you think should be started probably should be started in this one yeah you know the thing is like and rogers hasn't thrown for more than 250 yards since like week eight and yeah it's it's been kind of thin gruel for him. Yeah, but he's going to the Pro Bowl so <laughs> over over Cousins and Dak and stuff like that. Do you get does do you get worked up over that at all? I I do not. I actually I actually find it a little bit funny. I, you probably can't. I don't know if you can hear the humor in my voice, but yeah. for me it, it's it's very much. Yeah, it, it's the good players, but it's also such a popularity contest, and then half of them don't go, and it, I right. don't get worked up over it at all. But I see it, I see it out there on the social medias, and I, I find it a little bit funny. But it's mostly a popularity contest, so I, I don't really, yeah. I don't work too much about it. I'm, I'm exactly the same. I never watched the Pro Bowl. Nope. Uh, I'll, I barely watch the baseball All Star game. I don't get wrapped up in that. And I think working in this industry has made me more jaded towards that too. I mean, I get, I consume <laughs> a ton of football thing, you know, mind share, visual share, you name it. Uh, eh, whatever. Go ahead. You guys enjoy that. Um, yeah. It's just Same. an exhibition. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm on that. Uh, on the other side of the ball are, you know, I think they're going to have to see if I, Boone's going to have to have be effective a little bit because I think you need to run against the Packers a little bit to move the ball. 
Yeah, I, I, and I think he will be. I think they'll they'll commit to him just enough. I know that Montgomery had a you know pretty poor game last week, but Peterson did okay, and Barkley did okay, and McCaffrey did okay. I mean, Jacobs did okay. These these are not uh, Mike Boone quality running backs, though. There's right. there's definitely a difference there. But uh, people have been able to run on the on on the Packers, uh, so I'm I'm not super worried about Boone. I do, I don't expect like a, you know. 130 yard, two touchdown performance, but I expect a, re, a, re, a respectable game that, you know, will at least, uh, at least make the, the Packers, you know, try to defend it. Right. Right. Um, I think that, I think that's a fair assessment too. Uh, Adam Thielen did very little on his first game back, but game flow kind of mattered a lot with that too. I mean, the fact is they were up big or early, so they didn't really need to throw the ball that much. Three catches on three targets, does he play a much bigger role this week? Yeah, I, I, they just, they just didn't need to pass the ball a ton last week. I, I think both Diggs and Thielen get much more involved this week. This week, we've, it's tough with them because we've seen them one go off and the other not several times, and, and, and that's the kind of thing that worries me. But in, in a divisional game like this, we've, we've seen a lot of twenty and thirty point games out of both teams against each other in, in recent years. Like I could see this being a, a fairly decent shootout. I believe the, the over under last I checked was right around 47 and a half something like that um i can easily see it hitting the over on that and and we get just enough out of uh, both of them to to sustain some fantasy relevance and championships yeah Uh, i think you're right about that i i I might be wish casting a little bit i'm a little wary feeling i'm all in on digs this week that's kind of where i'm looking at it (laughs) I, I think that's exactly the way you should feel. I'm, I'm more in on digs and I, I feel like Thielen should, you know, should have a, a good, decent game. All right. Very good. Very well. Uh, final prediction. What score do you got for this game? Uh, 32, 29 Vikings. All right. I'm going 27, 21 Vikings. So kind of the same path. Uh, I think, I think the, they'll, they'll handle them. All right. You know, strangely, in you know, a little thing, a little tidbit, uh, Packers barely kick any field goals ever, you know, They've got like 17 attempts all year. It's kind of weird. It's either a touchdown or bust for them. It seems like. Yeah, I, I picked a I picked a funny score just just for because uh, yep. <laughs> it's going to be really tough to get to that. But uh, that that's right around where I feel it's going to be. It's going to be a low 30s to to high 20s type of type of game in my mind. Um, right. So very good. Uh, anything else you want to promote about your show or about what you're doing on Fanball? Sure. Uh, I, I run a commissioner service called safe leagues, uh, safe leagues.com. Yep. We will have new startups, uh, startup dynasty leagues coming soon. We have orphan dynasty teams in, in pre-existing dynasty leagues. You can pick, pick those up. If you go to safe leagues, uh, fantasy.com and, uh, uh, click on the orphans link or, you know, go to Fanball, play, uh, play a super flex DFS contest. We have lots of super flex contests on, on Fanball and, uh, yeah, just thanks for having me on. This is this has been a blast. No problem, my pleasure. It has been a blast for me as well. And I, by the way, I play yeah, FSTA does use the FSTA league that we do every year is on Safe League. So at least in terms of uh, the finances, so I like oh. I like using that. All right, that's going to conclude today's podcast. Thank you for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll be back at you again tomorrow. Thanks to Yahoo for sponsoring, and thanks to Scott Fish for co-hosting with me. Take care. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.